nice to be home. <laughs> I do miss Wanakaha Church. It's uh, being in Hilo Church. I mean, there's so many people, and it's bad because there have I I know the faces because I've seen them my entire life. I still don't know the name, and you know here I see some new faces. I just curious. The School of the Prophets is still going on, right? Can I see the hands of the students that are here for the School of the Prophets? Sweet, I want to talk to you guys afterward. Anyways, before we get started, let's start with a word of prayer. Let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for your love, your goodness, and your grace. We thank you for the opportunity that you have given us to come here to worship you, to get to know you better, um, to just learn what you want us to learn from your word today. I just pray that you will send a double portion of your Holy Spirit that it may not be my words, but your words. And if I say anything of fault, I pray that it will fall from the people's ears. I just pray that um, you send your Holy Spirit to soften our hearts because we can be hard and cold sometimes. And I just pray that you will open our minds to what you want us to hear, Lord. We thank you and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Michael Andrus. Um, I, we were members at Honoka Church for about, what, 10 years? Well, 10, maybe 12 years. Uh, I recently transferred to Hilo Church. I was their Bible worker for a little while. And so Honoka Church is, uh, is, it feels like home to me. So it's nice to come back, you know, come back to share the word occasionally. So if you look at the title of your sermon today, the title is Bad Venice, Mad Venice, and Angry Christians. Matter of fact, the title is not in the bulletin. I probably got it to Gabby too late. That's my fault. But my title of the sermon is Bad Venice, Mad Venice, and Angry Christians. Um, well, some of you agree that as you make the transition from young adult to adult, the pressures of life get a little bit more intense. Am I talking to people here? <laughs> you can respond. Don't worry. I'm, I'm an interactive kind of guy. Is it true that, you know, as you get older, there comes a little bit more problems, a little bit more tensions, um, Little, a lot more things to deal with, right? Well, I'm, thank you. Amen. Um, I'm in that stage right now where I, it's going to be a change of life pretty soon. I'm in my last year of college. I, I'm going to get married uh, soon after we graduate college. Um, and there's just the, the decisions of, okay, what am I going to do after college? Uh, am I going to take over my dad's business? Do I have to move to the mainland to find a job? Uh, can I find a job here? Uh, you know, where am I going to raise a family? And all these different questions and all these different pressures really start building up on you. And um, I found myself getting more irritable because of all these pressures. Um, when things start coming down and your, your fuse gets a little bit shorter, I noticed that my fuse, fuse was getting shorter. I'm normally a really patient guy. But I found myself snapping at people a lot more, especially the ones I loved. Um, it got so bad to the point that even my mom could tell, Sarah Beth could tell, my sister. Um, and it came to me, it, I, I came to the realization when I was driving in my car and I realized to myself, like, man, my fuse is a lot shorter. I, I, I never used to be this angry. And sadly, it came to the point that I actually stopped caring that I had a short fuse. I figured, you know what, if, if I, you know, lose it a little bit, then hey, oh well. But it still bothered me that my temper started to get the best of me one night. I was about to go to bed, and um, I was in my room, and I figured, you know, I haven't done my devotionals in a while. I didn't know where to look, you know, where, what, what to read. So 
under my dresser, I have a book called the Bible Promise Book. Any, any of you heard of that? I have the Bible Promise Book, and I figured, oh, well, you know, the verse is already in there. I might as well just see what, what there is. So I figured, let's go in alphabetical order. Let's start with A. First topic, anger. I'm like, okay, maybe the Lord's trying to tell me something. And sure enough, um, I started studying up on it, and I, I actually went beyond just the Bible Bible promise book, and this sermon today is the byproduct of that Bible study that I had. Um, this is basically a sermon that I learned that I need for myself, and I just want to share it with you guys. Um, is, is there anybody here that has never gotten angry? Okay, so we're all in the same boat here. Everybody has gotten angry at one point or another, whether it's as a sibling, spouse, classmates, friends, foes. We have all experienced some kind of anger. Statistics. One out of three people know somebody who is a close friend or family who has an anger problem. There is a, a new thing, a new study that was just finished. It said 71% of internet users experience what is called net rage, or getting angry on the internet. 71% of people. One out of 10 people have trouble controlling their anger. 28% worry about how angry they feel sometimes. And 64% of people say that people in general are getting angrier. Do we fall into these categories? I started, I got curious, like, oh, I wonder what kind of different kinds of anger there is. So I, I went onto the uh, APA website, the American Psychological Association website, and I found out that there are 12 different types of anger. Uh, just to name a few types of anger, there's behavioral anger. This type of anger usually describes someone who is aggressive towards whatever triggered their anger. This can be another person. This can be someone who always seems to act out or is troublesome. Sometimes the outcome is physical abuse or attacks against others. As I'm reading these different types of anger, just see if anything matches you. Retaliatory anger. This is probably one of the most common of the bunch. Retaliatory anger usually occurs as a direct response to someone else lashing out at you. Paranoid anger. This anger comes about when someone feels jealousy towards others because they feel other people have or want to take what's rightfully theirs. They may act out because they feel intimidated by others, being intimidated, and therefore you get angry. Deliberate anger. Uh, you see a lot of these on TV. Using anger to gain power over a situation or a person. A person expressing this form of anger may not start out angry, but will get more angry while something does not turn out the way that they wanted, AKA being spoiled. Uh, something doesn't go your way. You know, some, some people, especially in the customer service industry, I've seen this, uh, you know, somebody will come in, they'll, they'll be calm, but as things don't go their way, they'll get more and more and more angry. That's called deliberate anger. And verbal anger is the last one I'm gonna read. Anger that's expressed mostly through words and not actions. Verbal abuse is used to criticize and insult people, to put them down and to complain. Now, obviously, anger is a real issue. It's even in the church. Uh, there are some churches or some members in the churches that, you know, they have a temper. You don't want to mess with them. You don't want to get into an argue with them um, because they have a temper problem. So Christians are obviously not uh, exempt from the population or from the statistics of anger. But is there such a thing as justified anger? And what if our anger controls us? Let's see what the Bible says. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32. Ephesians chapter 4, starting with verse 31 and 32. 
Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Say amen if you're there. It says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put, what? Away from you with all malice. And be ye, what? Kind to one another, tenderhearted. What is that next word? Forgiving one another. That's a whole other sermon in itself. Even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. And go up to verse 26. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Be angry and sin not. Did Jesus ever get angry? Yes, Jesus did get angry. But he was able to control his anger and sin not. Go with me to Psalms 145 verse 8. As Christians, we need to be like Jesus. That's what being a Christian means. Psalms 145, 145 verse 8. Psalms 145 and verse 8. Bible says, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great of mercy. Now go with me to Psalms 30, verse 5. A little bit back. It's Psalms 30 and verse 5. Psalms chapter 30 and verse 5. Please say amen if you're there. Give a little bit more time. Psalms 30 and verse 5. It says, for his anger endureth but a, but a moment. It doesn't last a very long time. In favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Basically, what this verse is saying is that, yes, Jesus and God the Father have gotten angry, but their wrath lasts only, how long? A moment, a very short amount of time. Human beings, on the other hand, sometimes our wrath can last forever. Holding grudges, uh, being bitter against somebody that wronged us as a child. Uh, we had a Bible study about that last night. That's why mom's laughing. Um, but human beings, we tend to do our natural inclinations to do exactly opposite of what the Bible says. We need to be like Jesus. Jesus had self-control. Yes, he got angry, but he was able to sin not. Um, sometimes we get angry for no reason. Every time Jesus got angry, there was for, there was a reason behind it. You know. Uh, the first account that comes to my mind is when Jesus saw the, uh, the temple being desecrated. Basically, they turned the temple into a farmer's market. Um, but human beings, sometimes our reason for being angry is completely circular. We're angry because we're angry. You know, sometimes we become like the Hulk and our, our communication skills just kind of go out the window. It's like, honey, are you, are you okay? Me, not fine. <laughs> you sleep in doghouse. You know, our, our comprehension, our, our communication skills go out the window when we lose our temper. We basically shut everything out. And sometimes anger is even blind. You know, when we're angry, we don't think straight. Um, it definitely does a lot of damage to our relationships. But what does anger do to our spiritual lives? James chapter 1 and verse 19. James chapter 1 and verse 19. James chapter 1, 19 and 20. James chapter 1 and verse 19, Bible says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to 
slow to wrath. For the wrath of a man worketh not the righteousness of God. In some other versions, uh, I'm reading from the King James Version, but another version of the Bible says, a man's anger does not allow him to be right with God. Anger that is that we can't control, uncontrollable anger, puts a barrier between us and God. Just as the way that anger puts a barrier between us and our other relationships between human beings. You know, uh, many people, when they get angry, they end up pushing their families away. Angry fathers push away their family and their kids because they can't control their anger. Angry mothers who are fed up walk out on their families. Angry parents senselessly beat their children for reasons exceeding discipline, uh, sometimes to abuse, to instill fear, to control their children. They think our kids are out of control. We've got to beat some sense into them. Does that work? Probably not. Angry teams push their families away and submerse themselves in drugs, sex, partying, alcohol, and other distractions. What We do the exact same thing to our spiritual lives as we do to each other. We push each other away and we push God away because of our anger. How can God work in us? How can the Holy Spirit bless us if we have a spirit of anger? So obviously we see that this is a problem, but God does promise us to give us the power of patience. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 32. Proverbs 16 and verse 32. Please say amen when you're there. Proverbs 16, 32. The power of patience. Proverbs 16, 32, Bible says, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit uh, is than he that taketh a city. Basically what this is saying is a person who can control his anger, a person who has self-control of his emotions, is greater than a person who can conquer an, an entire nation. Did I say that right? Basically, it's harder for you to control your temper than it was for Napoleon to conquer Greece or wherever he conquered. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 1. Getting practical now. Proverbs 15, verse 1. Please say amen if you're there. Amen. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Sometimes, uh, the environment that we are in has a big, a big play on our emotions. It, ha- it, it contours our character. It, it has an, an influence on our character. Uh, if you hang out with angry people, you're bound to become angrier. If you hang out with happy people, you watch happy things, you read your Bible, you're bound to be a little bit more joyous. Uh, Proverbs chapter 22, verses 24 and 25. Proverbs 22, 24 and 25. Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs 22, verse 24 and 25. I really need to get a Bible with bigger print. It says, make no friendship with a who? angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go. Verse 25, lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to thy soul. What does it mean to have a snare? A snare is like a trap, right? Like, for instance, a, a bear trap, 
or snare. Uh, it clamps onto the bear's leg. Can, it, can the bear move anywhere? No, he's trapped. In the same way, anger is like a snare on our souls. We can't go more forward to God. It traps us there. And what happens if, or matter of fact, just what does the Bible say? What does it say with, for us to do with angry people? It says to hang out with them? No, it says stay away from them. What does this mean to, for a, a person whose parents are abusive, who are verbally abusive, physically abusive? What does this mean for a mother whose husband beats her and her child? What does this mean for a teenager who's in a relationship, whose boyfriend or girlfriend is abusive uh, verbally and physically? Common sense, and what the Bible says, is to simply get away. Now, turn with me back to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. This is my own personal policy. This is what I try to imp- implement into my life. Ephesians 4.26. We read this verse already, but I want to read it again. Ephesians 4.26. A policy on how to control our temper. What does the Bible say? Be ye angry and sin not. And this next part is my personal policy that I try to live by, by God's grace, of course. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. What does that mean? Don't, basically saying, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't go to bed angry. Anybody ever try to go to bed angry? You wake up feeling better? Usually you feel a little bit angry, you know, if not the same. Uh, I try to make sure that if Sarah Beth and I get into some kind of argument before, you know, we hang up the phone or stop text messaging each other, we, we're okay. Same thing with my parents. Parents and I don't really argue that much, though. But it's just, why sit on something and dwell on something? Uh, let's go to our last verse, Second Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. All the T's in the New Testament are together, and Timothy is one of the last books. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 7. Please say amen if you're there. For God hath not given us a spirit of what? But of power and of love and of a sound Mind, a sound mind. Another word for sound mind is self-control, a peaceful mind. See, God has not left us abandoned when we need to control our temper. Some of us think, man, my, my temper is so out of control. There's nothing I can do. You know, it's just who I am. But the Bible says, I have given you not a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. My appeal to you today is think about your own personal life. Think about your own attitude. Do you, real, do you think that you need God, that promise that God has given you the power to control your temper? Because only through him can we control our temper, right? It's only through his power that he promises us that we can stop being bad Venice and mad Venice and become loving Christians. How many of you need that promise today? I definitely need that promise that God can give us the power to control our temper. Let us pray. Loving Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for your love, your goodness, and your grace, just for your mercy that you have given us. Because, Lord, sometimes we get angry, we lose our temper, we, um, we sometimes think that there's nothing we can do about it, but, Lord, you promise us that you give us the, the spirit of power and of love, 
And by your spirit that we can control our temper and be loving Christians for you, Lord. We thank you for what you've done for us, the opportunity that you've given us to share your love. And I just pray that you help us share your love with the people we meet this week. God, and protect us. We thank you and we love you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.